0: Welcome to the Viking Update Show here on Talk North Studios. Uh, here on the Talk North Radio Podcasting Network, we are live from the Aquarius Home Services Studios here, recording on Friday as we get a little bit closer to the Vikings' draft. I am John Krasinski. I write uh, f- about the Vikings and Timberwolves for the Athletic. Uh, you are used to hearing Jim Suhan join me on on this show every week but jim is at the masters in augusta and so he's chasing a white ball around and 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 doing that for the star tribune so this week we are joined by alec lewis my cohort at the athletic vikings beat writer extraordinaire new kid on the block but i think has quickly made a name for himself on the vikings beat uh, at the athletic and certainly locally, and starting to get nationally as well, we're going to talk a lot, previewing the upcoming NFL draft. It's kind of the big thing going right now in NFL land. Everyone and and the fans are excited about what's going on, who the Vikings are looking at, what kind of possible trades might be involved, and just kind of the take the temperature of the water around the Vikings with someone who is embedded with them every day. Jim and I are not around the Vikings as much day to day. Alec is in there all the time, so he'll have great perspective to provide to provide for us. We are brought to you by Aquarius Home Services. We are brought to you by Star Bank and by TSR Injury Law. And so we will hear more from our sponsors a little bit later in the show. But for now, Alec, welcome to the show. Your debut on the Talk North Network, uh, I'm sure it's on the list of accolades that you've had. It's got to be right near the top.
1: Yeah, it's been something that I've been shooting for for a long, long time. Um, seriously, thanks for having me, John. And I'm jealous of Jim. It's a really savvy move by him um, going yes. down to Augusta National amid the final, seemingly final stretch of cold weather to to watch a pretty um, interesting golf tournament. So nice move by him. But no, it's it's. I'm pumped to be here been uh it's it, to your point it's been a lot of draft stuff, a lot of I mean some of the first wave of free agency is over. It's been interesting to see how they've operated. Um was down in Arizona for the owners' meetings, which was really interesting and, and a fun experience. So yeah, pumped to get into it for sure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and let's start with like we'll get into the draft minutiae a little bit later. We'll kind of like try and break down a few things and read some tea leaves and and, and get some forecasts out there. But for now, let's let us take a step back and go back to Arizona with you here, Alec, and just what you felt and what you saw and observed down there, being around Vikings brass, around the coaches, around some of the executives, in terms of just their overall feeling of how this offseason is going, because it's a really interesting one for this organization coming off of a season where I think they very much exceeded expectations, uh, but then also sort of still trying to navigate this quote-unquote competitive rebuild that Kwesi has termed it. And and just what, what stood out to you when you looked or when you were kind of having discussions with people down there about where they think this team is going into the draft after some business has been settled in free agency?
2: Yeah,
1: I think the biggest... One of my biggest takeaways was we sat down with Mark Wilf for about 10, 15 minutes, and and I actually brought up to him that term that Kwesi has used often, competitive rebuild. I mean, he's also said we want to live in the today and the tomorrow. And it's different, obviously. You look in division and see what the Chicago Bears have done. They have stripped it down to the studs, and they have a bunch of draft capital um, for their future. And the Vikings have obviously chosen a different route and last year they won the NFC North and exceeded expectations to your point. But I asked Mark Wolf about that term competitive rebuild. And, and he said, he's like, look, we, and I, mean, speaking as an ownership group, he's like, we want to be super competitive every year. And I think their decisions um, it, it, from a lot of capacity reflect that. And um, I think it, it, it's, it's just interesting to watch how they've operated. I also I mean, another thing that, that just struck me was Kevin O'Connell's just comfort and confidence. I, I didn't, I mean, and I feel like it's, it makes sense given what happened in year one, but I think from a, what they were able to do, obviously on the field, what he was able to learn from from his first time calling plays and leading a team, from the culture that they instilled that was reflected in the, the NFLPA report card. I just feel like There was reason behind the way he operated um, and and felt at the owners meetings and the vibe that 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 he gave off. So um, I think those were the two biggest things is is that Mark Wolf was pretty upfront and say we want to be competitive. And then I think they're comfortable and confident with their spot. And that said, I mean, through a lot of conversations, it's easy to grasp that. What they're trying to do in terms of compete every year and every day while also set themselves up optimally, it's a hard thing. And so um, I think they've, they've tried to thread the needle in certain capacities, bring certain guys back, moving on from others. And it's 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 been interesting to watch each decision um, and how all of that affects that, that big theme of trying to win while also thinking toward the future.
0: Yeah, and I think like when I look at where this team's at right now, um in some ways the 13 and 4 last season really was sort of a a temperature setter in a way of here, my anticipation Alec was that you know they hire Quasi Adolpha Mensa, they hire Kevin O'Connell and they 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 do term this competitive rebuild and I thought, you know what? This feels to me like two guys who had a discussion and know that ownership doesn't, isn't, doesn't really have the stomach for a complete teardown and rebuild, sure. but that maybe they'd go into this season or to last season and maybe it would be, you know, maybe they'd win seven games, maybe they'd win eight, and that would be the writing on the wall that they needed to say, look, Mark Wilf, Ziggy Wilf, we can try to do this, but it's really going to be difficult to do it. Maybe the better thing to do is to go the bears route, tear it down, really start over, look for our franchise quarterback and all of those things. And, and, and then, and so it's set up this season coming up as the really like, take a step back here, recalibrate and then go forward. But because they were so good and let's face it, because Kirk Cousins played so well and answered a lot of the doubts about who he is as a leader, as a quarterback and all of those things. I do think it, it had to have um, emboldened Mark Wilf and Ziggy Wolf and say, no, this is the way that we want to do it. Like we're not taking a step back. We want to keep going forward with this competitive nature because this is, this is how we're built. This is how we expect to do it. And so um, it obviously was very good for Kevin O'Connell to have that success in year one and really kind of cement it a little bit more authority for himself. But I also think it absolutely eliminated, even if there was an inkling of a chance in the back of their minds that, hey, we'll go through this year. If it doesn't go well, we're just going to really kind of lean on them to take a step back. And, and now they are kind of trying to go headlong into this transition period of staying competitive, while replenishing their young talent and and kind of building for maybe a little bit more of a jump in the future,
1: no, I think that's exactly right. And I it, it's interesting because in the first wave of of roster decision making, they obviously released Adam Thielen and, and Eric Kendricks, and they waved Cam Dancer. And I think there was some initial reaction of like, wow, they're really fully stripping it down. They they looked at the thirteen and four and some of the one score game. But I think in in totality, when you looked at all of the moves, you think about Marcus Davenport, you think about Byron Murphy and, and, and the pay cuts that they they were able to acquire from guys like Harrison Smith and, and Jordan Hicks. Like to me, it proved that, that it wasn't just, again, the full strip down and that what they did last year, to your point, allowed, I think, ownership to be like, no, this is the way that we want to do it. And I, I've thought about it a lot. I've thought about team building in general in the NFL. I mean, I think last week, I believe Howie Roseman was on the podcast that, that Travis Kelsey and, and Jason Kelsey do. And he, he was saying how difficult it is to kind of reside in that middle and, and, and reach your way to the top without really uh, stripping it down. And so it's, it is a difficult thing. And, and Um, I think it's, it's just going to be very fascinating to see how it progresses. And I think you mentioned Kirk cousins and obviously it starts at quarterback. And I I think the way, um, I mean, you mentioned his success last year. And I was thinking back to like week eight, week 10, he was very open in the fact that he did not feel like he, he really had full grasp of the offense. And then towards the end of the season, it felt like that. But with that said, he did perform. Um, And so I think the way they've handled his contract has has given us some indication about their plans. And I also think for as much as you're exactly right with with Mark Wilf and, and, and wanting to stick with the competitive rebuild theme, I do think just from conversations that they really do understand the value of, of what it does for a team when you have a rookie on a quarterback contract. And so – um, again, just how they treat this moving forward, there are a lot of things to sort through. But I, I think it's easy to start there and think, um, think that things re- revolve around what they do and this decision that they make at that position.
0: Talking with Alec Lewis here uh, from The Athletic on the Viking Update show. And Alec, is there any indication yet from anyone in the Kirk Cousins side of things about how – he feels about how this contract situation played out. My read on it was that he very much wanted a longer term deal that the, that he loves living here, that he loves the organization, that he he likes Kevin O'Connell, obviously jefferson and 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 really is hope was hoping to secure a longer term commitment. That said, the way that this shapes up for him now, he's obviously in position to really cash in again sooner if he wants to do you any idea of like is he disappointed about things is he cool with it or or like just how they're navigating that process with uh with that with the quarterback position
1: yeah I I don't think I mean I've had a couple conversations with people on that side I, I don't think there's a sense of disappointment I do think he really loves it here I think he really respects the history of the franchise and I think I mean the the all of the parties you laid out between among. Jefferson, among Kevin O'Connell and 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 obviously just the, his teammates and the resources and the staff, I think he loves it here and would want to be here to the end of his career. He said that, but I also think, um, and and he gets and he and his camp get credit for how savvy they've been in the decisions they've made contractually over time. But I think he he himself is very um, in tune to the quarterback market into the contractual team building. Situations in general. And so I I don't think there is a sense. I mean, here's a guy who was franchise tagged twice and and bet on himself, and it worked out wonderfully for him. And so I think um, with that experience, I think there is a confidence that playing again in another, in a system with the same play caller for the first time in a half decade for him with talent like Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson and excelling in that spot will, will set himself up optimally uh, whether it's here or elsewhere. And I think kind of, as I mentioned, the reality of, of how much he understands the space and the contract. Um, I think that, that, that's probably first and foremost in his mind.
0: Sure. Alec, where do you think things stand with Dalvin cook and what do you think happens ultimately there?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's still, um, Fluid, I I should say, I mean, I think the running back market in general, just in some ways, it's kind of similar with the Z'Darrius Smith situation. I think they're both very kind of just it's fluid. And I think a lot of it relates to to their market, how they view themselves, how their agents view their situations. Um, You asked me to predict. I mean, I think the options with Dalvin, I, I mean, if another team wants to acquire him, I think that's a possibility. If, if if the value makes sense, I also think if Dalvin's willing to to take a pay cut to stay here because he loves it here, the way guys like Harrison Smith did, I also think that's a possibility. So I, I just I think there's a lot to sort through, specifically with those two guys that that remains on the table as we as this thing kind of drifts towards the draft.
0: Yeah, and I imagine a lot of that, or there will be more clarity that comes to a lot of situations that are still kind of lingering out there with the Vikings when they finish up through the draft and see how things settle up. When we come back here on the Viking update show, Alec Lewis and I will talk about the draft in particular, try and look ahead to see, you know, the landscape that the Vikings have, what they're looking at, some possibilities that might happen. You are listening to the Viking update show on Talk North uh, Podcast Network.
2: Is winter ending? Spring coming? It's a toss-up. But at Aquarius
1: Home Services, we know your furnace has been working hard, and we know warm weather will come. That means it's the perfect time to take care of any furnace or air conditioner concerns. At Aquarius, our goal is earning the right to be recommended, and that starts by providing amazing professional service and no surprise upfront pricing. And that includes ninety-eight dollars
2: off any furnace or air conditioner repair. Visit us today at. AquariusHomeServices.com. Also happy to continue working with TSR Injury Law. They sponsor the John Krasinski Show and other shows across our network. All you need to really know is the number is 612-TSR-TIME. If you were injured, just call that number, 612-TSR-TIME. Uh, they will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they have built such a great business. That's why they can be involved with so many sporting entities across the state, including Luckily for us Talk North 612 TSR time. Also want to remind you that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Okay, we're back here now with uh, Alec Lewis, Vikings beat writer for The
0: Athletic on the Viking Update show. And Alec, now that we are, let's let's shift focus a little bit to the draft here. And we had just uh, got done talking about, Kirk Cousins a little bit and about his situation do you first of all let's lead from the top do you do you think that there's a chance that the Vikings do take a quarterback fairly early in this draft and w- like what are who are some of the names or what are the, some of the scenarios that you see playing out that might lead that to happen
1: yeah I think there's a chance um I, I'm not overly <laughs> confident that that they will make that move and it it Partly because they only have five picks at the moment, and they have a lot of needs. I mean, they they need a cornerback on the outside. They need uh, interior defensive lineman, potentially another receiver. Um, and, and so, I think if you're using that type of capital, while yes, the, the surplus value of getting a quarterback it, it, it trumps everything else. I, I just think right now it's 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 an interesting time to do it. I think if you were to do, if if the team was to do it. Um, obviously there are names that, that have been thrown out. I think that the, the top group of of Bryce Young, of C.J. Stroud, of Anthony Richardson, those guys will probably be gone. To, to get up there and, and acquire that type of talent would take a lot of capital. And again, for a team with the needs they have to spend that type of capital, I think would would be kind of getting out over its skis. That, that next tier, I mean, you'll hear the Will Levis. Uh, you'll hear Hendon Hooker, I think. Probably though age plays a role. Hinnan Hooker and just his his versatility. Although he's recovered from an ACL, I think his um, what he could do for the run game. I think that would probably intrigue the Vikings most. But I, I also think it's important. I haven't heard this much discussed, but a lot of drafting a quarterback and benefiting from the rookie quarterback contract. Kind of you have to think about it from a team building perspective. If they were to draft, let's just say for example, Hinnan Hooker. And he sits this season behind Kirk Cousins. You don't benefit from that contract this season. And then you'd have to move on from Kirk, which means next season, his money, Kirk's money would really kind of overshadow benefiting from that contract next season. So um, that's why I think I'm less optimistic that it happens. But I would definitely say there's a chance.
0: Well, and and ultimately, too, like it it sounds so obvious, but you benefit from a quarterback on a rookie contract if that's a good quarterback that you want to play like if you if you draft if you're just reaching for someone and maybe Hendon Hooker is going to be great maybe Levis will be great maybe you know somebody else down the down the line into the third fourth round will be great but like if you end up taking a quarterback and he's not that good. Then you're you're wasting that pick easily, and you have no benefits of of a quarterback on the rookie contract. So I get the idea of wanting to have that that setup and and have it work that way, but it's a lot easier to want to do it than to find the right person to find Jalen hurts to come in and and play at an MVP level to find you know Patrick Mahomes before he signed his deal like like those are unique circumstances ask the Vikings with Christian Ponder ask the Vikings with some of some of the other guys that they've tried you have to find it, it can't just be yes we are taking a quarterback it's really got to be no this guy really fits what we want to do and we can foresee him in in a year Max of being our starting
1: quarterback. Exactly. No, and, and the other element, I think it's important to mention and and I think it's a good thing for the Vikings. They have a coach in Kevin O'Connell who has been in this quarterback space since I mean this was his entry into into coaching in general. I mean he he worked at the Elite 11 a decade ago with Trent Dilfer and Josh Rosen, and, and he worked privately with guys coming into the draft like Marcus Mariota. So um, I think the Vikings are are in a really good spot with the guy who has been around this process in the sense that in these interviews or, or having guys go up on the board or watching tape, obviously um, they're in a position where they they have a guy who uh, who knows what it's like to make these decisions and acquire this type of talent. Kevin said in the past publicly, the two things he looks for in quarterbacks more than any other are accuracy and full field vision. And so I think when I think about the players that are that that they could target or that they will target in the future, I, it starts there. And I think it will always have to with, with Kevin O'Connell as the head coach.
0: So here, here's where I sit uh, from the outside looking in, Alec. You're right. They have five picks. I just, I, 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 I feel like as, as unsexy as it is, as sometimes maybe as frustrating it is for fans to watch, or you get so excited about any pick and that you have and and what they can get to me, the more realistic scenario, rather than a trade up for a quarterback and maybe even rather than just sitting at 23 is a possible trade down to accumulate more picks. Um, you know, what do you think the odds are of that um or do you think that there's just going to be so much value there probably at 23 with the way the boards are falling that they might just have to you know pick a guy there because they do need a lot of help and a lot of high end talent to come in here
1: no i definitely think the trade down is possible and i think one of the i mean i just talked about kevin o'connell's background but one of do Fomenta's backgrounds is kind of assessing the value of draft picks. I mean, it's something he did in San Francisco. They've been really on the forefront of that. And so I think if you think about number 23 and the value of that pick versus, say, 34, I mean, we saw what he did last year. I think it's it's definitely possible that they could accumulate more. And, and, and the reality is with where they are and the needs that they have, I mean, I think to take as many shots on young, explosive Talent that could be infused in this in this locker room and and kind of lead towards the future, I think, would be positive for them. I, I mentioned some of the needs. I mean, I didn't talk about linebacker. Well, yes, they have a youngster in Brian Osamoa, but I think that's another spot where you could use talent. So, yeah, I I think. I mean, if I <laughs> if I were putting a percentage on, I think the trade down might be most likely. I mean, I there the the mock. Right now, that that's very common and tip and, and popular is beyond the quarterback is Deontay Banks, a cornerback who is a lockdown guy on the outside and and but I think that this draft is so cornerback laden that that it might make sense to acquire more picks and, and draft a guy later. But I so I think it's worthwhile that you brought up that possibility because I think if you think about Quasey's background and also just the viking's needs it just aligns pretty effectively.
0: Well, and and also like just from um from a personality standpoint, Quasi seems to be pretty dispassionate in terms of like I don't see him necessarily like falling in love with a player maybe as easily as some other GMs do. And I'm not saying it's the right or the wrong approach. It's just, it seems like he is the kind of guy who is much more analytical, who much more is, is looking at, as you said, kind of at, as at value and what they can get. Whereas there are other coaches, there are other executives who look at things differently and maybe, as the board starts falling on the first night of the draft, they are they are saying, "Oh man, I love this guy. We really need to sit here at twenty three and take this guy because he's the difference maker." It just seems like Quasi is is less likely to to kind of do it that way and more likely to say, "Well, uh, yeah, we like this guy, but what are the other are our other options available to explore?"
1: Yeah, I think there's no question, and and I think. Just from what I know about how this front office operates, is is they have a pretty wide ranging cabinet uh, that, that that Quasi listens to. I mean, there's a guy who's Quasi's number two, Ryan Grigson, who was a GM in Indianapolis. I mean, Demetrius Washington's been a close friend of Quasi's for a while. Was another analytics staffer in in San Francisco, and so I think there's there's so much perspective. I mean, Brian Flores, I think, will have a really big voice in terms of. The defensive talent they bring in, because he used to be a scout and he understands his defense sy- defensive system capabilities more the more than any other. So I think there will be a lot of um, perspective, and I think Quasi. I think that's one of the strengths that, that even Mark Wolf mentioned is just like his collaborative nature. But I I, I do agree with you in that I think um, he is probably less tied to. Uh, falling in love with a, a player as the traditional scout or, or coach would for better or worse. And I, I I do think, I mean, you look at the, the trade they made with TJ Hawkinson, they kind of maneuvered picks in that trade to, to benefit themselves from a value perspective. So I just, I think that's, um, that's one of the benefits and it's one of the minor edges that still exists in this NFL is being able to kind of assess draft capital and the value of that. So to see how they maneuver it, um, it's another, I, I mean, I think every year you just gather from the outside, gather more information about how these, uh, this regime operates.
0: So, okay, Alec, let's just say now we've talked to trading down, we've talked quarterback. Let's just say they stick at 23, that they are going to pick there that they, they, they've said what, whether the deals that are available to them are unpalatable or that they just do really like that spot there and they're going to stay like you have you've done a couple of mocks here at the <laughs> athletic but like what are you as fans are preparing for that possibility to come around the corner here who are some of the names that you think are realistic to be there and you know maybe what should fans be thinking about in terms of the options that will be there for them at 23.
1: Yeah, I think the guy I mentioned, Deontay Banks, is a cornerback. And, and again, I think he's been brought up because he plays on the outside. He plays physical. He's, will, he's a willing tackler. And all those things align with what Brian Flores seeks. And I think that is a position of need that Kevin, o- Kevin O'Connell confirmed at, at the owners' meetings. It was pretty obvious. I think another spot um, is the interior defensive line where obviously you lose Dalvin Tomlinson to Cleveland. They paid him a lot of money. And, and I think the Vikings will need pass rush help in the middle. So it brings up a guy like Kalijah Kansi, who's a bit undersized, but it, it, some people have kind of – he's from Pittsburgh. There's that Aaron Donald belief, like the,
0: <laughs> it's, it's, I love this, Alec. It, it, there's never – like you never compare someone to like – you know, Chris Hovan or <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, th- th- some, it's always like, no, it's Aaron Donald. No, it's Reggie White. It's right. like,
1: yeah. But, yeah, but it's, it's like yeah, the, yeah. It's like the classic scout of like, you're, like you're believing positively optimally. I mean, yep, yep. baseball scouts used to do a lot of time. It's like, you think the best, which is I think what makes it fun, but,
0: yeah, of course, but I think yep.
1: those, those two spots are, are, are definitely feasible. And then, I think you have to talk about wide receiver Um, and just obviously behind Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson losing Adam Thielen. They have a spot on the outside that I think is open. I think they believe in Jalen Naylor, who they picked late last year. But do they believe him enough to where if they look at this offense and what they could do to counteract how defenses played them last year, do they think that's enough? I I think that question and the value of that potential addition – will probably dictate whether they, they go that route. Receiver, and there are a bunch of guys. Jordan Addison is potentially one. Zay Flowers is another. Um, so I think, I, I mean, I think at 23, there are a lot of options, a lot of ways to fill their needs. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, we'll see kind of how it, it shakes out. But it'll be very interesting to see kind of what they, they who, who's on their board and what they kind of value most highest.
0: I, I, um, I liked what I saw from Jalen Naylor in a little bit last year, Alec. I I mean, I certainly not to a point where I'm, I'm ready to say, oh, he's definitely ready to come in and be a pseudo number two receiver. I mean, Hawkinson, I think looks like really the number two guy, but like, but he, he showed a few flashes of being able to get downfield, get open, make a couple of big catches.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, the reality is you spent a fifth round pick, I believe, on Jalen Naylor last, fifth or sixth last year. And so it's, I mean, if you draft another guy to be that Z receiver option, when does Jalen Naylor get time? And then what does that draft capital look like? And I, I mean, yes, I, I think that Packers game towards the end, it had kind of gotten out of hand. And, and Jalen Naylor made a couple catches in that game. And, and, um, I think is dynamic enough. So we'll see you Mitch. The TJ, Ho- I mean, that's with, with this receiver conversation in general, that TJ Hawkinson element is something I continuously think about. I mean, TJ, when they brought him in just point blank became the number two pass catcher just yes. because he's a tight end. I think that like it gets in people's minds, but he was the number two guy and the offense was effective enough. And that's why I think they've, they've spent so much in terms of their thought, thought amount of time, resource, thinking about the running game and making that more efficient, I think they believe will help the offense in general. So I I don't know. I mean, I think if they do target a wide receiver there, it'll give us some good information on what Kevin O'Connell feels like makes this offense um, as good as possible. Because at that point, besides interior offensive line, I mean, you're really, you spend a lot of resources on that offense.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think, how do you think they feel about where the offensive line is at now, Alec? I mean, it's been such a big conversation the last couple of off seasons about needing to upgrade, about needing to add and stuff. But then, you know, I think we saw the group take a step forward last year, but are they one of the best in the league? No. So how do you think they feel? And do you see that as maybe later on in the the draft, uh, an area that they would maybe look to address more?
1: I definitely think it's possible. I mean, I, I, I it's funny. Last week, I was going back and just watching film for most of the season, and there were, I mean, that we talked about those guard spots and and mm-hmm. the interior. Ezra Cleveland and Ed Ingram, obviously, who was a rookie, and and it just showed up on film often in the run and the pass of like, man, these guys got beat. If they'd have held their block for a little bit longer, uh, the 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 run might have succeeded, or Kirk might have had a little more time to to throw the football. And so I think. Those spots, um, while the, the value of taking a guy like that, a guard like that, so high is probably not the most optimal situation, even though they did it last year with that Ingram. Um, I do think it's a spot that that they 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 will seek probably later on. And I think it's a spot that that I think they still believe hopes takes another step, to your point, under Chris Cooper, their offensive line coach in the second year. I think more familiarity. You have Christian Derisaw still ascending. You have Brian O'Neill back and, and Garrett Bradbury, obviously. So I think, I think they feel comfortable enough with that group, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all to see them try to add some talent, some depth to maybe push those guys in the interior.
0: As we wrap things up here, Alec, uh, on the Viking Update show, what's your sense of a timeline if there is one on Justin Jefferson and on a contract and, and where things stand in that department?
1: Yeah, I just think right now <laughs> the cap they, they do not have the, the cap room to to especially in the short term to, to really go close to that. I, I, I think you'd have to wait to see what plays what happens with Dalvin Cook and Darius Smith, and then I think you got to see what to kind of draft what capital you need for the draft, and and so I think probably in the summer um, that that'll be a conversation a topic they broach. I know at all parties involved from from the Vikings perspective specifically. I mean, Mark Wilf to Kevin O'Connell, Adolfo Odofomitsa Odof, have all been confident that that's something they want to make happen. And, and I think Justin is more than deserving of of a, a top of the market deal. So um, I think it's a conversation post draft that will become more. Um, you'll hear it more for sure.
0: Alec Lewis. Hey, thanks a lot for stopping by, man. This was awesome. Uh, appreciate uh, all of the insight and good luck as we head into the draft. And you actually can maybe stop writing about mock drafts and start writing about real draft and I- exactly what happens. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it, man.
1: No, I appreciate it, John. It's fun. I, I, I've, I've I've been reporting something around Justin Jefferson and kind of some stuff that makes him special that people don't really know about uh, from a cognitive perspective. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited about some stuff. Coming up, but I appreciate you having me. Um, Jim hopefully is enjoying an incredible Masters. Uh, and if we can allow him to continue to do that, that's that's phenomenal. But thank you, Absol- John. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that'll do it here for the Viking update show. We will be back next week, likely later in the week, to uh get some real insight into the draft and how all of that is playing out. I'm John Krasinski from The Athletic. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks to Star Bank and TSR Injury Law for sponsoring the show. And thanks to Brandon Morton for producing it. We'll talk to you next week.